compassionate God, from far and near you gather your church into one. Safeguard the unity of your flock through the teaching of Christ the Shepherd, that all your scattered children may find in him the guidance and nourishment they seek. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. The prophet Jeremiah's cry, Woe to the shepherds of Israel, is a judgment on the leaders of Israel for misleading and scattering the people of Israel in their care. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them, so I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnants of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of the Lord. In the following passage from the letter to the Ephesians, Paul teaches the Christians that Christ has torn down the walls that separate Gentile Christians from Jewish Christians. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, now in Christ Jesus, you, were, you, were, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both Jew and Gentile into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances and has created in himself one new man in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups in God to one body through the cross, thus putting to death the hostility through it. 
So Christ Jesus came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Listen to this reading. It comes from the Gospel according to Mark. The apostles returned from their mission. They gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Jesus said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourself and rest a while. Many were coming and going, and the apostles had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many of the crowd saw them going and recognized them. And they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion for them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. And Jesus had compassion on them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. I'm pretty sure that by now you've all heard or read that beginning on August 15th, the American bishops have decreed that the obligation to attend Sunday Mass has been reinstated. Did you read that? Did you see that? Did you hear that? It was even in the Center Daily Times, I think. It's kind of interesting to me that that news of the American bishops saying that we have to go back to mandatory mass on the 15th of August came at the same time that the CDC suggested or announced that the new strain of the coronavirus is the most deadly strain. And it's, it's, it's just need to be vaccinated to deal with it and not die from it. Isn't it ironic that on the day that the bishops say, you've got to come back to church, the CDD says, the CDC says, there's a strain of the virus and it's pretty dangerous. Hmm. Part of me, you know, I wish I was part of a church where they didn't have to make mass attendance mandatory. I love to be part of a church community where the members come to church, come to mass. 
because it means something to them, because they're nourished, because they experience Christ and they experience family in the community with which they share. I would love to be part of a church like that. What good does making it mandatory do? In our culture, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. There's reason enough for us to share the liturgy, hearing the Word of God, and sharing the Eucharist, being in the family together. That's really good stuff. And here at Good Shepherd, we even have coffee and donuts. So yet another reason to come. The story that we've read in in Mark's Gospel today, that narrative of the students of Jesus who he sent out as teachers, they come back to him. And they're filled with excitement, sharing with each other and with Jesus the success of their mission. You remember from last week, they were sent two by two to teach, to heal, to drive out the power of evil from people's lives. They went out and they did what Jesus called them to do. He'll win. (laughs) It seems to me that when they come back, knowing the guys, the apostles of Jesus, the students going forth as the teachers, they got back together with him, and I can picture them sitting around him in the circle, maybe in the boat that they got into to take him to a quiet place. I can just hear them telling stories about how well things went. Ah, Yeshua, they called him Yeshua, it's his nickname. Yeshi. Yeshi, you wouldn't believe it. There was this, there was this woman who, who she, she was crippled up and she was really upset and, and, and we laid hands on her head and she was fine. She was fine. She was healthy again. Boy, you should have seen the crowd that day. They were really impressed with what we were able to do. And yet another student-turned-teacher said, oh, yeah, that's nothing. We had this guy come up to us, and and he was jerking around, and he was twitching, and, and, and it was like evil that was just controlling his body, controlling his life. And we imposed hands on him. And he fell to the earth, and he smiled. He was perfectly at peace. Oh, yes, you should have seen the crowd. 
they were real, in fact, they were a little bit scared that we had that kind of power over the evil one. And then I imagine one of the guys in the circle, in the circle, I'm pretty sure it would have been Philip, because, well, Philip is my favorite apostle, and that's my confirmation name. So, yeah, it was Philip. And Philip looked at Yeshi, and he said, Yeshi, a little girl came to us. She was badly crippled. Her legs were twisted and turned. She could barely make it up to us on her crutches. And she got in front of us. And when she looked at me, she broke my heart. I felt angry with God. Why did God allow this beautiful little girl to be so hurt, so disfigured? Why did God allow this little girl to struggle? My heart broke for her. And as my heart broke open in compassion for her, I felt the Spirit move me to pray for her. I put my hands on her head, and I prayed harder than I've ever prayed before. Yes, she. She dropped her crutches. She was able to stand up straight and whole. And she cried out, thanksgiving to God, to Abba. And she kissed me on my cheek. I will never forget that beautiful little girl. She broke my heart open. And in compassion for her, I prayed. And she was healed. Philip said nothing about the reaction of the crowd, said nothing about any of that. And Yeshua looked at him with real love because it was obvious that like Yeshi, Philip allowed his heart to be broken and to reach out and heal with compassion. Have you felt that? Has your heart been broken enough to reach out in compassion for those who struggle, those who hurt? We do belong to a church, a church that doesn't necessarily mandate that we have to come for worship. We're part of a church community that comes because we're hungry. We're hungry to know the life of Jesus. We're hungry to know his compassion for us. 
And when we share the Eucharist, we get the strength we need to reach out and bring healing to others. We come to Mass not because we have to or we're afraid not to. We come to Mass because we're hungry and because the Lord Jesus will feed us here with word and Eucharist and the people who are around us. And then we have coffee and donuts, too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.